Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This show was previously recorded. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Yeah. What a good mood today. Thunder and Lightning. Here on Super Talk Mississippi, Brian Haydad here with you as always on a Wednesday evening. Let's not wait another second. Cue it up. Rhino, let's hear the song. You know, I missed the first National Signing Day, but I did not miss the second one. And then we had some drama. We had some excitement. We had a good old-fashioned get-down-in-the-dirt Mississippi State-Ole Miss recruiting battle. And on the end, Mississippi State came out on top. It is National Signing Day Part 2, Part 2, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Mississippi State picked up a couple of players today. And, of course, they also made a few more of their... uh, their late transfers uh, uh, official. We'll go into the transfer portal a little later in the show. Save that music, Rhino. Save that. We'll save it. Rhino down there in Studio X, he makes sure everything's happening. I want to thank you guys for tuning in here on a Wednesday night on National Signing Day. Uh, a lot to talk about today. You know, between recruiting, we got basketball to talk about and a, a few other things. But State uh, did pick up two more high school signees. I think that brings a total for the class to 27. Don't forget the, if you, if you have. The NCAA passed a rule this year that allows you to sign more than 25 uh, as long as your final scholarship number is 85. You can sign 40 if you want to you know, go through the, pow- the power of processing or if you have 28 guys hit the portal. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a school having 28 guys hit the portal. Uh, and so Mississippi State with two more signings today. Let's talk about the one that not a lot of drama uh, surrounding him. Will James, a cornerback, Theodore, Alabama, three-star kid, uh, Flip from Southern Mississippi also had offers from Colorado and Indiana. I'll just go ahead and tell you that maybe I'm I'm a sucker, but if 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 Deion Sanders is going to offer a cornerback, that'll catch my eye. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give a little credence to that uh to that evaluation. Um, he was a kid, you know, an, sort of a classic Mississippi State recruit, right? That that you know, under the wire, under the radar kind of guy, but. He was the talk, evidently, of the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, that everybody thought that he played really, really well there. And Zach Arnett uh, you know, talk, said he talked to a ton of coaches and the people in that area, and they all had good things to say about him. Zach Arnett was very passionate today when we talked to him up at the uh, in the Golding Media Room uh, at Davis-Wade Stadium and, and was very passionate about recruiting and recruiting the footprint, and that's a, something you've heard before. Uh, and Dan Mullen talked about it quite a bit about you know you want to be able to recruit Mississippi and then everything within a five hour drive of Starkville. So into Alabama, most of Alabama, and into Georgia, north you know Tennessee, 
down into Louisiana, down into the Florida panhandle at some points. That's where Mississippi State not only wants to recruit, but to be to recruit well. That's where they're going to get the majority of their players from, and they have. And and Arnett was very passionate about recruiting this state in particular. He talked about Mississippi State having 28 players in the NFL currently. 19 of them are from Mississippi. The four players who are currently in the SEC, or in the, I'm sorry, in the Super Bowl from Mississippi State. Three Mississippi school, Mississippi high school kids, Fletcher Cox from Yazoo City, Willie Gay from Starkville, um, Chris Jones from Houston, and then Darius Slay from Mississippi Junior College in ICC. So he, he wanted, he, I think he talked about it, you know, he wants every high school player in the state to know that if you want to get to the next level, if you want to play at the highest levels, that you can do that at Mississippi State. That's the message. And, you know, he, this state's going to be a battleground in the, in the upcoming class in 2024. There's a lot of high-end talent in this state. I don't know that it's as good as that 2019 class was with Nicobe Dean and Charles Cross and, and the guys, some of the guys still playing. Byron Young is still playing in Alabama, I believe. I think he has another year left. Uh, and Jerrion Ely was in that class for, for Ole Miss. A lot of great players. Nathan Pickering was in that class for Mississippi State. A lot of four-star, five-star talent. You know, two five-stars in the state is, is a rare thing, but you had that. This year is going to be similar to that. There's going, there's a lot of four-star talent in the state, and Mississippi and Ole, Mississippi State and Ole Miss are going to have to fight off Alabama and LSU and Auburn and Tennessee for those guys, but they're going to fight amongst themselves for a the lot of those guys. And so you got the first kind of battle today between Arnett and Kiffin for Jonathan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Lawrence County. I think we talked about him a little bit last week. What an interesting recruiting story this was. A player to basically come off of the radar that had no hype whatsoever, was just going to attend a junior college and then hope to get an offer in a couple years, and then the film starts to get out, and all of a sudden now he's got offers from Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Texas. And in the end of the day, Mississippi State won out. And that shouldn't be too surprising. I felt like a lot of the drama surrounding Jonathan Davis was kind of overblown. You know, talking to people at Mississippi State, talking to some some people who cover recruiting, they all told me the same. Excuse me, they all told me the same thing that it's like the, the kid's coming to state. You know, I won the source off with Borky. He still doesn't pay me my five dollars. If you're listening, Michael, Venmo me that five dollars. Brian Dash Haydad, and uh, he, you know now Mississippi State's got him. Talking to Zach Arnett about him today, uh, he said that Tony Hughes brought him to his attention in, in mid-December. Said, "Look, we got to go see this kid." And they went to talk to him, and, and you know they looked at the film, and then Mike Leach passed away. And then you have, you know, everything just kind of gets scattered for for a little bit. But they came back to Davis, and stayed in contact with him, and then put, made the offer. And now he's a bulldog. Big. I mean, you can't teach six five three zero five. You know, got the frame. Very raw. People are going to want to make Chris Jones uh, comparisons. Don't. Different kind of player. Chris Jones was you know, a 240, 250 in high school. Became a big kid. This kid is much bigger. But I don't know that he has that freak athleticism that Chris Jones has. I don't think that anybody has that right now. Chris Jones, Mississippi State Bulldog, might be the best defensive player in the NFL right now. He's certainly playing like it. And that's a guy who's going to make another $100 million before his career is over. Um. So two more guys from the high school ranks, 27 guys total. 
depending on what service you look at, Mississippi State between four and seven, I think, four-star players. And then, you know, on the 24-7 scale, a bunch of guys just just barely outside the four-star range. So from a, a, a recruiting ranking standpoint, I think they're 25th in the high school rankings, you know, and then they have the portal rankings separate of that. State's always never going to be high in the portal rankings because they're never going to take a ton of guys in the portal rankings. So I don't I don't get too worked up about that. Um, but from a high school perspective, this is a really solid class. Good DBs, good defensive linemen, couple you know, got some offensive linemen in there, got your quarterback, obviously you want to do that in every class. And did a good job of, of filling some needs here and there. You know, and, and we talked we've talked about it before that this is kind of the, the battle for Mississippi State and Ole Miss is State is going the old school route. They're gonna they're gonna continue to recruit twenty five to thirty high school kids a year, and they're gonna continue to use the portal as a way to try to find you know players to, to fill holes. Ole Miss is going to probably recruit less than that. Although Michael Borky said today he expects more, and I, I don't I don't think you can avoid that. I mean, Ole Miss signed eleven high school kids. That I don't think that's sustainable. Yeah, that that's not that's not even bias. That's just you, you got to have depth. You got to have more guys than that. You can't just go into the portal and get 20 guys every year. I don't think that that's the same. There's not going to be 20 guys that are quality SEC players in the in the portal every season. They're just not. There might be seven or eight guys that you can find, but 20 guys and you're going to I, – I, I don't see that. And next year there's just too much talent in the state to pass up. So first battle between Arnett and Kiffin goes to Arnett. We'll see, obviously, what the, the next couple of years bring us between those two guys. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that the rivalry, which you know had a degree of civility, shall we say, at least amongst the the, the public facing figures of the university, with Leach and, and, and Kiffin. I don't know that we're going to have those same days with Arnett and Kiffin. He, Arnett made a joke today. I asked him about something, and I started off like, you know, if you take everything into account since Thanksgiving, and he was like, you know, I might want to relive Thanksgiving for just a minute. That was a fun night. So just a little, just a little jab. It's okay. It's okay. Have a little fun. Make a joke here and there. It's okay. Don't get too upset. Don't want to hear that. When we come back, let's switch over from high school to the portal. And let's talk about some of these guys Mississippi State is bringing in, specifically one guy in particular. Because he's the only guy in his position room uh, right this second. We'll talk about that uh, when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. News happens fast. There's a lot to take in. And a lot to hear. From all across the Magnolia State. And the foremost spot for Mississippi News is supertalk.fm. Your Mississippi News. On air and online. supertalk.fm. This show was previously recorded. Thunder and lightning on Supertalk Mississippi.
here on Super Talk Mississippi. Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you ever missed this podcast or you just can't get enough of it, you can always subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast being wherever you get podcasts from, or, of course, at supertalk.fm, which, of course, is the place to find all the top-breaking news here in the state of Mississippi and a lot of sports coverage. And the best part of that is it doesn't cost you a dime. If you've got Internet, you've got Mississippi's best source for news and sports, supertalk.fm. Journey with me now into the recesses of the dark, the cold, the unforgiving transfer portal. I'm going to laugh every time. <laughs> that was a good call, Rhino. That was a good call. It's going to make me laugh every time. Ah, MSU announced eight transfers today. Some of these guys you, you kind of already knew about. They had already been announced back in the spring. Uh, Radar Jones, Kamari, I'm not in the spring, in December. Uh, Radar Jones, Kamari Rogers, uh, and so, well, that was, I guess that was it. There's only two guys in the, uh, in the early signing period. They bring in, uh, two more defensive backs, uh, a kicker, a wide receiver, and then a quarterback, interestingly enough, and then the tight end. We'll, we'll get to all of them. Let's talk about Chris Keys, uh, cornerback from Indiana University. But a native of Collins, Mississippi. So, uh, you know, he, it's interesting. The, the first three guys here on this list, Radar Jones, Kamari Rogers, Chris Keys, all Mississippi kids who are now back in Mississippi. Nicholas Barr Mira, kicker from UCLA. State needed a kicker with Massimo Biscardi, uh, heading on. So they'll bring him in. Jacoby Albert is a safety from the University of Kentucky who played a good bit for Kentucky last year. I, or I'm sorry, I did not ask. It was asked of Zach Arnett, you know, four defensive backs in the eight transfers, but he, he made the point. He's like, they lost a ton back there. Jay, not, not just Emmanuel Forbes, but Jalen Green, Jackie Matthews, and Colin Duncan. I mean, that's a lot of snaps. So they needed some guys who would, to, to fill in those roles, and they needed a guy like Jacoby Albert with experience. Freddie Roberson is probably the second most likely to make a huge impact guy, the wide receiver out of Eastern Washington. We talked earlier today, or I talked earlier today uh, with Chad Bumpus, Mississippi State wide receivers coach, and he said, you know, obviously he had put up a ton of numbers at, at Eastern Washington, but he said some of his best games were against the Power Five teams that they played, including the University of Florida. He said he, he's a guy who looked like he belonged on the field with Power Five opponents. So, you know, State is going it has a need for an outside receiver because I am just stuck on the belief that Tulu Griffin will move into the slot. And so, you know, you have Justin Robinson there, and you need somebody to replace Ra Ra Thomas. And that, I think that's what Ra- Roberson's going to get the option to do. Mike Wright, the quarterback from Vanderbilt. I know early on he was linked with, a good bit with Ole Miss and actually visited there. But he is uh, committed and signed with Mississippi State and a, a guy that, if nothing else with Mike Wright, he provides a skill set that Will Rogers does not have. He is a mobile guy. He can run. So I expect there to be, at the very minimum, some packages and play calling drawn up specifically for Mike Wright. But at the end of the day, you needed a a third scholarship quarterback. You didn't want to just have Will and the freshman Chris Parson. And you you got some competition for Will. Do I think Mike Wright will beat out Will Rogers? No. But it, it never hurts to have the competition there. And so Mississippi State has that now. And then there's the name that we're all kind of waiting on, and that's Ryland Goatee, the tight end from the University of Georgia. As it stands right now, the only tight end on the roster. 
The bad news with that is he will not be here in the spring. He is uh, still finishing up classes at the University of Georgia, and he will graduate from there and then head to uh, Mississippi State, along with his fiance Alicia Fortin, who will be playing for the Mississippi State volleyball team uh, next year. So that's a cool little uh, little story there. Also, Ryland Gody, a noted podcaster, so I'm going to have to like explain to him, you know, what the levels are here at Mississippi State. There, there's there's thunder and lightning, and then there's everybody else, and you guys kind of know that. So I talked today with Mike Schmidt, not the Phillies third baseman, the uh, Mississippi State offensive tackles slash tight ends coach slash run game coordinator, and you know asked him about that, and you know and he, he 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 said that obviously with Gody you you get a guy who hasn't had the production yet, but he's been behind two all stars at Georgia, and he's battled some injuries. They feel like he's a very complete player, and he'll be a guy who can come in right away. Uh, and my guess is he'll be the starting tight end. And then, you know, in other conversations, you, you, you get some names being dropped of players who could possibly make a move to tight end this this spring. State just needs some bodies there. And I'll be honest with you, I, and I, I talked about this on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning, I'm kind of surprised that State didn't go after a high school tight end today. And I, and the, the point I made and the Robbie Falk made was that in the old days... If this had been the only signing day, State would have been able to probably get a top 10 rated tight end. Because you could have told them, hey, day one, you're the guy. You're going to be playing a ton. Been an easy sell for those guys. Uh, but as it is, you don't have that, that luxury. So the first name that's been brought up a lot is Antonio Harmon, the wide receiver out of uh, Kosciuszko. Big receiver, six foot three, 230 pounds, six foot four, 230 pounds. So you think, okay, it'd probably be easy to put 15, 20 pounds on him and move him to tight end. There's some differences between wide receiver and, and, and tight end, and we've talked about that. There's a difference between blocking a defensive end and blocking a cornerback. But the frame is there, and certainly the pass-catching skills and the, and the ability to be a playmaker would be there. So that's one. The other name that I heard today was Jacarius Clayton. Jacarius Clayton is a uh, player out of Tupelo, Mississippi, who was recruited by Mississippi State. Um, as a defensive lineman, um, but what's interesting about him, and you know, he's listed at six foot five, six foot six. I'm sorry, six six and a half, two seventy five. And and the, you know, the, the thought process was, all right, he'll get to Mississippi State, he'll put on forty pounds and be three fifteen and be a dominant defensive lineman. Well, he's sort of kept that weight that he was at. So maybe now it becomes, all right, let's shave off fifteen pounds. Can we do that? This is a kid who was a high school his first couple years in, in college or in high school at Tupelo. He was a, a tight end, and I remember when he committed to Mississippi State. He committed as a freshman, and he was listed as a tight end at like six foot five and two hundred and forty pounds. And I'm just thinking, good lord, this kid's going to grow up to be a monster, and he did. But now they're going to put him back at tight end and just sort of see where it goes. And I think this could be just a, a semester thing. They'll let him. They'll let him see how it goes. If it works out at tight end, great. If not. When you get some more depth in through the transfer portal, and the transfer portal opens back up on May 1st, and there will be options there, then you can put him back at defensive tackle. I don't think it's going to stunt his growth too much as a player to do the spring at tight end. The other name that's interesting to me, and this is a kid who you know I don't believe is an early enrollee for Mississippi State. Let me double-check that. But the name is Malik Ellis. And Malik Ellis is, I'm sorry, he is a, an early enrollee, so that's good. He would have the spring. 
So Malik Ellis is the tackle out of Laurel, Mississippi, and he had some similarities in terms of frame to Charles Cross. Charles Cross, if you remember in high school, tall but lean. He was like 250, 260 at one point. Got to Mississippi State, obviously he bulked up and turned into a, a top 10 draft choice. Malik Ellis, 6'5", 245, again, lean. And I think, honestly, with Malik Ellis, if he was already 280, 290 pounds, he might have been a higher-rated recruit. He might have been a four-star kid. But now they're talking about possibly making a move to tight end and, and not having to worry about putting on the weight. And that would be interesting because you don't have anything to do there. He's coming in. This will be his first semester. There's no you know, there's no work with him on, on the tight end spot. And the, and the interesting thing for me with Malik Ellis is his coach. Schmidt is the offensive tackles and tight ends coach. So he can get a look at both, I guess, and sort of see where it goes. So this is what State's going to do to just try to get through the spring with no tight ends. They need some guys in there to do that. Jason asked, we have a big wide receiver or a fast defensive end? There's Defensive ends, they don't really have a guy there. But the, the big wide receiver, Antonio Harmon, is definitely going to get a look at tight end in this upcoming uh, thing. And then, like I said, when we get to the fall... Ryland Goody will be good to go, and I think he'll be fine. You know, some people are like, "Well, he's going to be out for all this time." This guy's been playing at Georgia for the last three years. Like, he'll stay in shape and be ready to go. So, eight transfers, twenty-seven high school players. That's Mississippi State's class of twenty twenty-three. Top to bottom, it's a very typical Mississippi State class. It finishes ranked twenty-fifth overall. You got your 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 high-end guys, Smith, Whitmore, Parson, and then you've got a bunch of three-star guys some of which are pretty close to being four-stars, and you feel like they're going to be good. And some guys are developmental guys. But if there's anything we know about Mississippi State through the years is they've thrived with developmental guys. They've found developmental guys and turned them into stars. Most of the guys in the NFL that we're talking about, Darius Slay was not a star coming out of high school. Jack Prescott, not a star coming out of high school. Elton Jenkins, Preston Smith. Yeah, you had guys like Chris Jones and Fletcher Cox, but State's also done a great job through the years. And, and just turning guys into good college football players, not necessarily great pros. It's the Mississippi State way it has been for a while. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Gives me great pleasure to introduce this man, Chad Bumpus, wide receivers coach at Mississippi State. Chad, I was telling Rhino during the break. Normally, when I have coaches on, I, I say, "Hey, coach, hey, coach." I'm, I'm not, I can't do that with you, but at the same time, I don't think you're going to call me Brian either, are you? <laughs> no, man. How's it going, man? It is so good to talk to you. Let's talk about the journey to get back to Starkville because that's that's what I feel like it's been for you. You were hired. You know, before the offensive coordinator, you were basically on the staff, regardless of who ended up taking the offensive coordinator job. 
you know, when you first talked to Coach Arnett, how how excited were you to get that offer to come back to Mississippi State? Man, I was uh, I was very very excited. He uh, he actually called the day he got named the head coach. He called me that night um, and didn't offer me anything then, um, but told me that I got every intention on bringing you back home. So um, once I got that phone call, I was fired up. Um, then again, it was just a matter of letting everything play out, playing the bowl games and getting everything done. But, man, um, as you can imagine, I couldn't have been happier. You know, you spent the past couple of years at Utah, and you've had some success recruiting in Mississippi. You know, you, you've already made some of those connections. As you've been trying, I know you and the rest of the coaching staff have been traveling the state and, and seeing high school coaches. When you walk into high schools right now, are you getting a lot of chat? It's it's good to see you. Welcome home kind of, kind of vibes from everybody? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of it. Um, happy to have you back. Uh, happy to be home. Happy to get you back on staff. Uh, you know, just a, a lot of excitement, which, um, I mean, shoot, I'm excited too. So it's always good to hear and it's always good to be wanted. So, um, and again, yeah, a lot, beautiful city out in Salt Lake City. Um, great organization working for Coach Witt is, was unbelievable. Um, and again, they do stuff the right way out there, but there's nothing like home, man. So I got the opportunity and jumped on it. We talked in the previous uh, segment about recruiting, and it feels like this staff has been put together with an emphasis and an eye towards recruiting. What is Coach Arnett's message to you guys as far as recruiting goes? Um, win the state, right? Win, uh, we're going to recruit our, fr- our footprint harder than anybody else. We're going to recruit the state of Mississippi harder than anybody else. When we've had success at Mississippi State, when there's, I mean, there was a stretch now where we were doing some really, really good things. Um, and all of those teams were dominated by guys from in-state or uh, very close to the to the border. So, um, yeah, that's been the message, man. Recruit the state, get the player, identify the best players in the state, and keep them home, and more importantly, keep them in maroon and white. So, um, again, I think he understands that. And like you said, he's hired the guys on the staff that can get it done. So, um, we're, we're excited. There's some really good talent in this state, and there's a lot of guys that's been offered by some different programs, but we're up for the challenge, man. Our job is to keep those guys at home and, and win a lot of ball games with them. You know, you're, you're coaching with a couple of guys, I think, that coached when you were at Mississippi State as a player with David Turner and Tony Hughes. Is how, who, who, who finds that more unusual, them or you? I don't know. I think it's a it's a little bit of a mix. The, the first day Coach uh, Coach Turner got there, he uh, we're in the locker room and he goes, "Man, the last time I was here, you were in the other locker room." So uh, I think it just feels a little different for everybody, man. It's just, um, but it's been awesome, man. Again, just having some familiar familiarity. Uh, Coach Knox being back, you know what I mean. So, man, it's yeah. uh, it's been great. So Kevin Barbe, you talk about familiarity. That's a name Mississippi State fans don't have a ton of familiarity with. For you as a coach, what did you know about him before he came on here in Starkville? Um, I've known Coach Barbe for a little bit. So I don't know if you remember, I uh, I actually took the Central Michigan job for about three weeks before um, I went back to Utah. That's right. And so when I was yeah. there, he was the offensive coordinator there. So uh, – uh, again, when I got, um, when I got hired here, he texted me congratulations, uh, and that, um, again, his name may be floating around a little bit. So, uh, we have been talking for a while, um, saw him down at the coaches convention. And I mean, um, 
everything just clicked. So it, uh, it worked out. I'm very, very excited to get to work with him. Uh, I know what his plan is, what his, what his idea is, what he wants to do on offense, and I'm all for it. So um, it's been great, man. What does his offense require from your receivers? Uh, making plays downfield. What I really like about him is his whole deal is identify the guys that can score at any moment and get them the ball. Right, it does. I mean, we're gonna move guys around. Um, we're gonna get it to our playmakers in a bunch of different ways. Whether it's a fly sweep, whether it's a bubble, whether it's a big post over the top, whatever it is, what do you do well? Right. And again, as coaches, it's easy for us to change what we do than it is for the kids to change what they do well. I say kids. It sounds crazy still. Um, but that's what he. That's what he does. We're gonna fit our scheme around the personnel we have, and we're gonna put them in position to, to be successful. When you think about the wide receiver room that you came into as a player, I mean, you walked in there knowing I'm going to have to play a ton this year because right. we just don't have the talent at that position. And then brought in you and, and a bunch of other freshmen, Rico Sanders, Brandon Heavens, and all those guys, and you all had to play right away. Now you've got a yeah. veteran group, guys who have made a lot of plays in the SEC. You know, As a coach, how, how comforting is that to walk in and go, okay, I know we've got some proven commodities here. Uh, really good, man. Again, it, it makes you feel better about putting those guys on the field. But again, at the same time, they're learning a completely different offense, right? A lot of, um, in the previous offense, it was a lot of, uh, mesh routes, shallow routes, chasing grass, chasing space. We're going to run a real route tree. I'm excited about it. But again, you talk about guys that's played at this level or in this league, had a lot of success. Um, and again, when you bring younger guys in, they have guys to look up to and, that can show them what it takes to be successful at this level. And um, as a coach, uh, walking into a new room, that always makes you feel good. Have some older guys to lean on a little bit, and um, hopefully we get it done. This is going to be a veteran football team. There's going to, there's going to be big expectations, in my opinion, for Mississippi State in 2023. You know, we, we, we talked about if there hadn't been all of this change, this was a team that you would have thought a lot of people would have had preseason top 20, top 25. You know, what are the expectations within the, the, the seal building right now for this football team? I know it's early. But it's never too early to talk about those kind of things. Right. And, again, it's the same as it always is. How can we get better every single day? Find something to get better at every day. Again, if you if you say, oh, we got a list of things that we got to fix, we got to correct, um, it's hard to do all of that in a short period of time. But if you focus on one thing and get better at that and then move on to the next, I think we'll be fine. But, again, like you say, uh, a new offense so again obviously we got to get that installed and then find for me specifically in my room find where to put the pieces right uh who are my best four guys and how can i get them on the field at the same time is it three um again we're going to do some stuff with a tight end but um find those top guys and try uh find a way to get them on the field together and that way uh the quarterback feels comfortable he has more options and he'll get he's able to spread the ball around to guys that we know can make plays for us what's a tight end chad i haven't seen one of those in a few years <laughs> i don't know what that is anymore good ones, man uh i know uh, but but yeah, not recently so i know it's been how, how is that going to work this spring do you have an idea of of, of because I mean, right now there's not one on the roster. Are they going to have to move some of your guys around? I don't know. Uh, there's been some talk, but I'm fighting for them. 
<laughs> you, I want to keep as many guys in my room <laughs> as I can. And it's like, I just got here. Give me the spring at least. And let's see. But, you know, um, we we got to have that position. And, again, as a guy, like, hey, I want to start. Oh, you're the only tight end on the roster. You're automatically starting. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, the uh, recruiting pitch should be easy. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. Uh, guys getting adjusted and um, put, maybe bring us a, a guy or two in. But, um, yeah, that's going to be a new position for us here recently. And we just got to find the best fit, find the best guy for the job. Going back to recruiting a little bit, you know, it's hard to believe, but we're only you know, a week away from signing day. But, you know, the yeah. first signing day has already come and gone. That's all, all of the drama. You're out there recruiting right now, and I would imagine it's mainly 2024 kids, but do you expect to see a couple more guys added to this class at this point? Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't know so that we'll add anybody from my room, um, but, yeah, I mean, Coach Arnett's biggest deal. If there's a guy out there who can make us better, bring him. Right, bring them to the table. And again, I say, uh, not looking in my room, but hey, if we find somebody that can come in and make us a better football team, we absolutely want to add them. We will see what happens. It's hard. It's really hard to believe you think about signing day nowadays, and especially like you go back to when you were being recruited, and that first Wednesday in February was such a big deal. And now it's just oh like, man, it was huge. Oh, that's right. It's it's yeah. And now it's just like oh, that's right. It's this week. You forget. Oh, yeah, signing so. day's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So. So, yeah, Chad, on a personal a level, man, deal. I want to, Chad on a personal level. I'll tell you, I'm so excited you're back. You and I have had been had a friendship for a while, and uh, glad to have you back at Starble. One last thing before you go, though, and I think you know what it's going to be, right? <laughs> Shout out to your mom, Chad. Hey, mama. <laughs> she is so excited. <laughs> Chad Bolpus. Listen, you know we had we just had a newborn, so uh, yeah. I mean, it's always like, hey, happy to have you home, but where's the baby? So, um, exactly. <laughs> I know that guys. <laughs> so, Chad no, Bumpus, Mississippi State wide receivers coach. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Yes, sir. This show was previously recorded. News happens fast. There's a lot to take in and a lot to hear from all across the Magnolia State. And the foremost spot for Mississippi News is supertalk.fm. Your Mississippi News on air and online. supertalk.fm. News happens fast. There's a lot to take in and a lot to hear from all across the Magnolia State. And the foremost spot for Mississippi News is supertalk.fm. Your Mississippi News on air and online. supertalk.fm. Gallo knows Mississippi better than anyone. No one gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Well, let's go around here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. So some good news for your Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. This Friday, I will be talking with new Mississippi State offensive coordinator, Kevin Barbe. Looking forward to having a sit-down with him and uh, going in-depth in some ideas. Uh, it's what he's talking about offensively, uh, what he expects to see from this group, and how he plans to install things. You know, he's got a lot of personnel to move around. So we got a lot of questions for Kevin Barbe. That will be on the Thunder and Lightning pod feed, uh, podcast feed late 
Friday afternoon. So a little uh, heading into the weekend. You know, you're sitting there at work. You're, you're like, well, I'm going to spend the last few minutes of my work day. Oh, Brian got me taken care of here. We're going to listen to this interview with Kevin Barbe and get with him. So that's uh, that's. I'm looking forward to that and uh, get a bit more. Mississippi State LSU. Like I said, it's weird that the, the the big games for state are against these teams that aren't ranked that are, that are actually at the bottom of the conference. But that's where states kind of put themselves. That those are the must win games. Those are the, the there's already a, a taste of survive and advance for Mississippi State. Simply put, if they lose to LSU tonight, their chances of making the NCAA tournament take a massive hit. Like if you say right now, I think state is the the tenth team out. A loss to LSU would probably remove them entirely from the discussion, and they would have to maybe win out to get back into it. And that's, maybe that's unfair, but that's the hole you dig when you start your, your SEC season 1-7, and seven, when you lose games where you miss 50% of your free throws or more. you know, you got no one to blame but yourself in that. That being said, State's a nine-point favorite. Uh, they're playing some of their best basketball of the season, and uh, things are going well. So... We'll see how it turns out for Mississippi State. They obviously have quite a bit of work to do, but at the same time, they, they have the ability to do it. They have the ability. They, they're playing it at such a high level. And Tolu Smith, the way he's playing right now, I, I, had, I got an interesting text I'll tell you guys about. I have a friend that covers Kentucky. He sent me a text unsolicited. I, I, I didn't reach out to him about it. I didn't ask him anything. And he said, he basically said, look, I don't know if Kentucky's going to, to lose to Mississippi State. They, that, that game could go either way. But Tolu Smith is going to dominate Oscar Shreveway. That's the reigning SEC player of the year, who has not had a great season. He's, like, he's not played well this year, and Tolu, the way he's playing, Tolu will have at least 25 in that game. I'll just tell you my opinion. That if, if Tolu Smith has 25 points against Kentucky, Mississippi State's going to beat Kentucky. That would be a monster win for Mississippi State. But that's a couple days away. That's that's a week away, for, as we, actually, as we speak. LSU tonight, Arkansas this weekend, quad one opportunity for Mississippi State. If you were paying attention, Arkansas last week, they only uh, beat South Carolina by two. South Carolina had multiple opportunities to tie or win the game. Just couldn't get it done, which is what you would expect from South Carolina. They're not a very good team. So Arkansas's vulnerable. They're gettable. They have issues down low. Mississippi State could take advantage of that. The problem, obviously, is playing on the road and playing in Bud Walton. That's just such a hostile environment. Mississippi State, historically, has had little to no success. Basically, the season State has been able to win there have been good seasons for Mississippi State. Those are seasons they've turned into NCAA tournament appearances. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. But like we said, tip-off in uh, just about just about an hour from now uh, over at the Humphrey Coliseum. I wonder what the crowd's going to be like. I, I think it should be a good crowd. The, the weather's getting bad here in Starkville. Uh, I know there's, there, there was some severe weather up here in the north part of the state uh, today, and it, maybe it's just passing through now as we speak, or about, maybe it's going to get worse as the game goes on. But I expect there to be a pretty good crowd. The crowds have been good this year. People have bought into Chris Jans. I think part of that is the reason the way he plays his teams play basketball. It's attractive to Mississippi State fans. But the, you know the winning helps. The winning certainly helps for the Bulldogs. They've they've been playing well. Uh, I think you have a good crowd tonight. Uh, over at the hump, and then goodness gracious, listen, you know, if you win tonight, what happens on Saturday is kind of gravy. But let's just say that they let's just say they lose, regardless. Wednesday, the fifteenth, with Kentucky, should be a big time crowd, big time atmosphere at Mississippi State. And then I wonder, and we talked about it yesterday on Sports Talk Mississippi, what does the Pavilion look like 
on Saturday the 18th. Ole Miss has home baseball that day. Most Rebel fans, you think, would go to the baseball game. Could we see a maroon and white takeover of the pavilion? We'll find out. I'll be there. I might not be wearing maroon and white, but I'll be there. You know what I'll be thinking? I'll be going on inside my head. I'll be very, I'll be the silent fist pump under the bench. Just, yeah. Let's go. Stuff like that, you know? All right. Thanks again to Rhino down there in Studio X. I appreciate him. He takes care of everything for me, makes it easy. And I appreciate you guys tuning in every Wednesday night. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you again very, very soon. This has been Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Gallo knows Mississippi. gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.